Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh, and this is episode number 181. On this episode, I have an incredible conversation with Azra. Um, if you guys aren't familiar with her, she needs to be on your radar. She recently got on my radar, and it's been in constant rotation since. Um, had a great time talking with her. We talked about kind of a, a little bit of everything as she kind of is breaking onto the scene. Um, we talked about this project's formation and kind of um, her vision with some of it. And we talked about energy and frequencies and just how music and art in general um, are these languages that don't require you to fully understand to enjoy. Um, we talked about her current newest song out, which is All Out. You can go check out that uh, song and or video. Um, she's got a new song coming out called Outrageous. That is dropping just two days after this episode goes live on November the 17th, so go pre-save it, uh, or if it's already out, go stream it. Uh, yeah, because I think you guys are going to enjoy that. So, um, yeah, just a, a great conversation with Azra. We had a lot of laughs, a lot of, a lot of fun, and I think it's a, a great episode or conversation for you guys to kind of get an introduction to who she is and what she's doing with this this project. So let's dive into it. This is my conversation with Azra. Uh, so I do always start with the same boring-ass question, just because I refuse to sit down and think of something better. Uh, it's a simple introduction. Who are you? A little background on yourself and kind of why we're having this this talk today. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me, Josh. This is, yeah. this is exciting. Um, so I'm Azra. And uh, I'm based in Los Angeles. I am a substance pop, rock, punk artist. <laughs> and um, I, yeah, I make music about um, just inspiration and also empowering, um, you know, just being empowered as a human being and going after your dreams and just being yourself boldly and unapologetically. Um, I do that, uh, yeah, through music and whatever I do creatively. And I share that with my fans and my audience. Um, I've created this world called the sixth dimension and that's kind of the realm that yeah. we're actually in right now. Um, but yeah, so that's a little about me. Yeah. Awesome. Um, you know, I think that is one of the things that I picked up on your music very early when, when it started getting pitched to me is that it is this really like, yeah, it's got pop elements. It, it's easy to digest in that sense, but there's a lot of depth to it. It's not surface level stuff. There's there's depth. There's this uh, very empowering movement lyrically. And I think it's really cool because like you're doing it in this way, like you said, kind of unapologetically where, you know, not everybody's going to like you and that's okay. Like go be yourself regardless. Hell yeah, exactly. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like there's so much, stuff out there like so much noise and so much just distracting things that sometimes are good for us and our mental health and our minds and sometimes you kind of have to like pick and choose um so yeah I feel like for mine like I don't expect everybody to <laughs> like what I'm doing um but at the same time I'm really grateful to have you know my Azardides and and people who resonate with the music like yourself yeah. Awesome. Mm -hmm. So let's walk through for people that aren't familiar with you. Let's kind of walk through the history of you. Where did this all begin for you? When did that kind of light bulb moment of performing arts music is the path I want to take? Centuries ago, <laughs> like even before my soul entered my body when I was a baby. <laughs> I don't know. Have you ever felt that way? Like, yeah, been here before, you know, in a different body or different form. I don't know. Yeah talk about that kind of stuff um yeah <laughs> no that that's cool I've actually had a few people on so I always say that I'm not religious I'm spiritual um mm -hmm. so very much that same concept of like energy is energy right like you cannot destroy energy it always just gets remade rebound into another person shape thing whatever it is so I, it is interesting to hear other people when they say stuff like that because I 
I think we're kind of outside the zeitgeist when it comes to that, where Mm -hmm. the mainstream is like, nope, you just have your one life to live. And while that's true, you should like live your life to your fullest, but it's not because this is the only chance you get. It's the only chance you're aware of. Right. Oh, that's good. I'm totally with you on that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So Uh, you know, as you grew up, um, talk about, you know, that musical influence and beginning like the songwriting journey for you in this iteration of what you're doing. (laughs) Yes. So, so, um, I was born in South Korea. So, um, and you know, I actually, when I was in Korea, so I moved here when I was nine years old and I didn't know a single word in English. Um, I only knew like half of the alphabet. So, but when I was, growing up in Korea, um, I, my mom, she was a choir singer. She just loved music um, and the arts. So since I was like three or four, um, I started piano lessons. I started acting and and performing for musicals and doing recitals. So I think in terms of my musical journey, it's been like kind of since I was a little, little child. Um, And even when my mom was pregnant with me, she would take me to like choir practice, she told me. And then she yeah. just kind of like rub her belly and just try to sing to me. Um, so, yeah. And so and then growing up and my first one of the first um, musical influences was like the Beatles and like Tina Turner, um, because my mom listened to pop music, American mm-hmm. pop music, as well as K-pop music as well. And this was like back in the day, you know, this is not like a couple years back when K-pop started blowing up, right. um, just like before, you know, K-pop's not just recent, you know, it's been around. Um but yeah, so so I have multi, you know, experience. Uh, I guess influences from the pop world, like American music world, as well as Korean, and yeah, and then I just continued performing. Um, I, my mom took me to like ballet lessons when I was a kid, but I was like, I don't want to do ballet, so I switched over to hip hop as a third grader. Um, so that's how I got exposed to like hip hop dancing and things. So I was just like a very emotive expressive kid that just wanted to like you know make people happy and just perform um and then fast forward to coming to America I kind of I just continued to um you know perform do music um but didn't songwrite at the time I was you know in a in two girl bands and that's kind of how I learned to speak English actually um in America so I formed like a k-pop band with like two Korean friends that I met when I first moved to the Bay Area um, and then another girl group with um, just like mixture, you know, mixed friends, basically. Yeah. Um, and we we're doing cover songs, like K-pop cover songs, as well as American ones. Um, yeah. And then that's kind of how I got acclimated into the American culture. Um, <laughs> and then I just volunteered to do all types of things. Like I auditioned for a school musical when I couldn't speak English yet. I was taking ESL classes or ELD classes. Yeah. And um, I would audition and, you know, first couple of years, I didn't get any like speaking roles, but I was able to sing. So singing and dancing. um, And then uh, I also like was the school anchor for the announcements, like the morning announcements at my school. They had that. Did you have that too? No, no. We were a super small school. So like I graduated with 80 people. So. Oh, wow. That must have been nice. It was. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, so I like I remember when I was fifth in fifth grade when I first got to America and started school, I asked the principal, I'm like, oh, I want to do the morning announcements. And then he was kind of hesitant, like very nice though. He right. was like, um, basically he was like, You can't speak the language, so how are you gonna, you know, announce yeah. and <laughs> updates to the rest of the school? Um, but then I was like, Oh, can I can read? So that's kind of how I started getting involved with that. So fast forward to like Many years later, um, I ended up going to college in Boston, which is where I'm visiting right now. Um, And then, yeah, I eventually learned English within like the first six months of being here. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And then in terms of songwriting, um, it wasn't until later. I was I was dabbling in songwriting and always writing ideas down. Um, I've been like a little diary writer, journal writer since I was a Mm -hmm. little kid. Um, So I actually have like stacks of journals and diaries um, since I was a kid but yeah I didn't go into songwriting until probably like 20 like just early 2010s um, then like just really honing in my craft and going into the studio um, yeah and and just learning that way organically and then yeah here we are (laughs) 
Yeah. Awesome. And that's, I think that's really cool that like, you know, you've got the early influences and then obviously once you come to America, those influences change based on like the saturation of the market, right? Like, like you said, K-pop is getting popular now, but it's been a thing forever. Like there's just no exposure of it over here. Um, And I think it's, it's really funny because I do think a lot of people have that misconception that K-pop's like just now a thing within the last 10 years. And it's like, do you really think that country had no music before? I know, like, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it's mind blowing how, and like, it's going to sound terrible, I guess, but it's like the arrogance just part say. of America, right? Like mm-hmm. we truly think a lot of times because of our media markets that like we are the center of everything and like right. if it's not here it doesn't exist and it's like but it does everywhere yeah, exactly and i think that you know a lot of the reason that it actually helped i mean not just k-pop but like just globally even like the latin music and stuff mm-hmm. it's all thanks to like social media right and right. like globalization and everything um and it's great for you know us like myself asian american artists because you know even before like even when k-pop was starting to blow up in America, people were still kind of like, oh, like there isn't a lot of Asian American artists. Even now, there aren't right. many. Um, so I think I, I'm grateful that K-pop was able to break in, you know, break through um, in America and globally because it, you know, introduced and really warmed up our American citizens, yeah. including myself and you and everyone else, um, you know, to the Asian faces, you know, and people doing art. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think, you know, it it's really cool because like, I mean, I've been doing music journalism for like 20 years. So like I've had some exposure, obviously, over the years yeah. even prior to, but I do think it it's been much more prevalent. And I think luckily it's not been the double edged sword that it feels like it could have been where like you're viewed as a novelty act, you know, it's, oh. it's come in and it's been like, this is a legitimate source of entertainment. Right. Yeah. And that's a really good point to thing to point out, because even when I was first starting to, you know, release music back in like 2017, 2016, you know, I remember talking to a couple like some people in the industry, like some of the older folks yeah. in the industry who's been in it for, you know, over decades. And when I would get on a phone, they would literally just kind of be like, just kind of caught off guard because they would hear my songs and my voice. And then they're like, oh yeah, this is dope. And they just expected to see like another Caucasian artist, right? Right. Um, and then they like see me and they're like, whoa. And it just kind of like catch them off guard. Um, and some of them, you know, back in the day, like they weren't as accepting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but now it's like fast forward to now, things are different. And you know, I think I think it's good. I think we've evolved for the better. Well, not, yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with, like you said, social media has obviously amplified the voice that, that you're able to have. Um, and, you know, like, it sucks because I'm a middle-aged white man now, but the, the middle-aged white man ran the music industry for so long that, like, it was kind of gatekeepered to your point mm-hmm. where, you know, I've spoke to a lot of artists, female-fronted bands especially, that talk about that, where, like, you know, even being one of them in particular is Ariel from Icon for Hire. Um, they ran into it a lot when they were coming up, female fronted band, and they wouldn't want to, right. to book them just because they're a female fronted band. And it's like, we already have one of those this month or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, that doesn't mean that there's not space for more. Like, it, it's exactly. just this really weird thing. But I do think, you know, social media has helped because now it's, regardless of what that industry person potentially thinks Mm -hmm. internally when you can present the numbers and go well here's my instagram following here's my spotify following here's this like you can't deny those analytics anymore right yeah and in addition that's a good point in addition to that also just you know being more open i think our market and you know our audience and people who consume music are so much more knowledgeable about what's out there um, and they want diversity, you know, and it's yeah. not like we are different. And that's another thing. It's like America is a melting pot. You know what I'm saying? Like we're yep. made up of immigrants. We're made up of 
all types of people you know even white people are you know you you guys came from somewhere right you right. know what I mean? so yep. it's like this whole idea of you know um just one i don't know it's like we've we've definitely evolved and i think there's a lot more work to do especially you know just uh raising i guess like just amplifying the voices of minority even women as well you know yeah. as people of color and everything i think i think we're going the right direction but you know yes yeah no i i totally agree i think yeah. obviously there's still more work to be done uh on a lot of that but i think it's it's definitely leveraging its its way into you know just thinking over take out the couple of years of covid over the last like four or five years you know yeah. you're actually getting tours that are all female fronted artists or whatever and it's like i remember growing up that never would have happened you know what i mean yeah. like you couldn't imagine going to a show and it being all female bands and it, to me like it's one of those things I've always said this, like whether it's sports, music, movies, whatever, like if you have talent, you have talent. That's all there right. is to it. Yeah. Race, gender, nothing else matters. The talent is what matters. Yeah. And it's the energy, right? So yeah. it's like if you, if your art can resonate with your fans or your audience and, and it reaches someone in this world, whether it's like at a music venue or just like online or somewhere else, like you're doing you're doing good. And, and I think, again, going back to social media, going back to internet, I'm not saying that social media and internet always does good. Okay. There's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot yeah. of dark stuff <laughs> to that too, right. With mental health and everything, but yeah. And, and it's really cool because with my, with my career and music, um, when I'm, you know, talking to my fans and the Azure deities, they're all from like, they're from different backgrounds, like all types mm -hmm. of races, color, you know, just sexual orientation, everything, you know, and, and we celebrate that. So yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's talk a little bit about, you know, we've kind of got us up to speed on like building into the, the songwriting and things. Let's talk about the evolution of your sound. Cause you're one of those artists that is fusing a lot of different sounds and doing a really, really good job at it. Thank How you. much of that is intentional versus just knowing what feels right? I think mostly is knowing what feels right. And then just digging deep into myself when I'm creating to, to, to create something like that's the most authentic. I think us as artists, when we're in our creative mode, right? Like one of the things that I always ask myself multiple times, even in a session when I'm writing is like, am I being hundred percent authentic? And am I, am I conveying my feelings clearly in this phrase in the lyric? Yeah. Um, so I think most of it is like, it's the gut feeling, um, and feeling really authentic and organic about what I'm saying and, and being able to relate and, and like, that's my voice. Um, and then, and then there's some intentionality too, because I always want to evolve, um, you know, and make sure that again, I can get to, I can like, get to that clearer version of where I want to be in terms of my sound, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah, my influences kind of um, come from different places. Like obviously there's a lot of, there's a bit of K-pop when it comes to melodies, melodies mm -hmm. on lock. It's very like catchy at the same time. It's, it's very emotional. Like it just kind of, yeah. I love that. Um, and I have a piano background. So melodies are very important to me. Um, but I also listen to a lot of pop music, a lot of rock, a lot of metal. My entire high school career was like me and my metal had friends. Right. <laughs> and then punk rock found me, um, you know, in high school as well. And then there's obviously like hip hop as well, because I'm a hip hop dancer. So R&B and hip hop. So, yeah, I'd say definitely more gut, but some intentions. Yeah. Well, you, you hit on something that I talk about all the time and that's the authenticity, right? Like I've said it a million times because when an artist sets out, like, sure, you could sit down, there's a formula to write a top 40 hit. Hmm. It can be done by virtually anybody. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it's in, it's a science at this point, but if there's no substance or authenticity the listener is going to understand that that person doesn't even connect to the song that they're singing. Yeah. Why am I going to support this thing and, you know, try to follow them? 
Um, so I think authenticity is huge. And I think it, to your point about mental health too, like it plays into that to some degree as well, right? Where if I'm writing about something that is honest and real to me, there's going to be other people out there that it's honest and real to as well. Yeah, absolutely. And just like, and then also your lyrics and music and sound, it's all frequency, right? right. And music is like the only universal language. So other than like, obviously love and, you know, all right. <laughs> but it is so, so I'm a firm believer in that even when I'm writing and I like to write on paper as well. I mean, lately, like I've been doing some zoom writing sessions and that right. like we're typing on Google docs, but um, I really like to write on paper because I feel like that's a transfer of energy. And even when I'm in the studio and recording, you know, you have to make sure the energy is good. And, you know, I'm hundred percent, like if I'm not at that hundred percent point of me feeling the music, then I don't step into the recording booth. Cause I, I don't right. think I'm doing the music justice and I, I don't, I would hate for, you know, like a, the listener to hear the song and be like, all right. You know, like right. <laughs> the all cohesive. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think, you know, the interesting thing with the frequencies, I've talked about this before, especially on like that spiritual side of stuff, right? Like, uh -huh. again, the world is just energies. And that's what a frequency is, is the transfer and vibration of energies. And, you know, the, the thing that is really interesting to me when it comes to that is your point where music is one of very, very few things other than the intangible, you know, love or whatever. Mm. But it's one of very, very few things that whether somebody understands the language or not, doesn't matter when they understand the sound and yeah. feel that sound, you know, like you could take anybody and play a Japanese hit, a, you know, an Irish song, whatever, as long as the music resonates with them they're gonna move even 100%. if they don't know the words yep yep 100 that's how i moved to you know pop music and michael jackson and sang whitney houston when i didn't even know english right <laughs> so. yeah um let's talk a little bit about you've been releasing some new songs uh so let's talk about all out uh the the latest single and it is fucking dope uh oh, but, thank you thank you thank you yeah that means a lot yeah. So talk a little bit about kind of the the mentality that goes into producing a song like this, because it is very on the nose mm -hmm. but with those lyrical twists. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it's very clear what the message is, but there's still a lot of fun in metaphors and, and lyrics. Yes. Yes. I think for All Out, um, I was basically pent up, you know, because of COVID. Right. There was a lot yeah. of like pent up emotions and just things that I was experiencing at the time with the industry, with people, you know, just all these things. And I feel like I meditate a lot. So I like to like release, you know, and for mm -hmm. my mental health purposes and things like periodically, I'll like yeah. say and I'll meditate and, and write and things. But I think there were some deeper things, deeper sides and little traumas that I didn't. I wasn't able to fully um, like attend to and let out and resolve. And so when I went into the studio, I was like, you know what? I want to write a song about, and that was also the time when I decided to just own it, like own right. my path. Don't be regretful about things. Don't say like, oh, I wish I did this sooner or I wish I had done that. Like all of those negative voices and the regrets, right? It doesn't mm -hmm. serve us well. And for a long time, yes, I grew up as an emo kid. I was like a little emo kid. <laughs> I was that type where like, I have so many little me like memories of me when I was young in Korea. And I had, I talked to my parents about it because I'm like, a seven-year-old wouldn't randomly like after, I don't know, getting in trouble, put on our headphones and walk around town listening to sad music. And then, you know what I mean? Like take a walk, yeah. no seven-year-old, but I used to do stuff like that. And it all made sense. <laughs> yeah. but anyway so stepping into the studio for all out um this was actually in joshua tree and my uh producer sj studio and i was like i want to write something that is about like giving my 100 percent, going all out like almost to the point where i'm like attending to my recklessness side like the reckless side um and then just like make a little 
it's like an affirmation declaration song for me to say, Hey, you know, make sure you just go all out as long as you don't have to be perfect. You know, you don't have to try to change your past or whatever, just own it, you know, and then just go all out with everything that you do. So that was kind of my mindset. It was like half angst, half, you know, angst, and then like vulnerability and not giving a fuck basically. Yeah. 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 But I think, you know, it's one of those things, especially over the the COVID years, right? Like a lot of people, maybe for the first time in their lives, were forced into some of that introspection and and looking at their life and going, am I happy where I'm at? Am I doing the things that that matter to me? And I think, you know, not that you were necessarily in that spot, but this song really speaks to that with a, a message of like, too often, and we're all guilty of this, too often we're worried about what the other people around us are going to think of our decision, right. even if it's in our best interest. Mm-hmm. And it, it's one of those things where like, at some point you just have to say, fuck what everybody else thinks. I either, either this is going to be right for me or it's not, but I have to do this thing. I have to try. Right. Obviously not condoning like don't go do drugs because you feel like it's the right thing at the moment or whatever. But, um, you know, like if it's quitting a job to go find something new that fuels your passion, or you've saved up enough money to take two months off and you just want to be done with the job you're at, like do it. Yeah. That's what's going to fuel your soul. hundred percent. That's that's yeah, definitely. And the thing is, Sorry, break time. You're fine. You're- you actually hear the noise because there's no. like a lot of people talking. You, you okay with it? Okay. Yeah, we're good. Yep. I just want to make sure. Okay, now we're on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, okay. So, yeah. So that you, you're spot on on that. Um, and I, and then also like before releasing all out, there was a whole story. Um, so I actually had a different career, um, different day job, but to many people, it's actually a career, but I kind of looked at it as a day job. So then I mm-hmm. can have the money to, you know, fund my independent artist career. Um, but I was a management consultant for many years. It was first job out of college. Um, you know, I had to support family and just, you know, you know, yeah. take care of stuff, um, take care of business life. <laughs> um, so I took on this job and it was a lot, you know, in the beginning, when I first took on it, you know, got the job. It was like every business student's dream to have this like management consulting job at a top, you know, they call it the big four consulting company. And I was really excited at the time. And for the first couple of years, it was awesome. You know, like young person out of college, they flew me everywhere. I was walking into all these big corporations from like Disney to just all these big companies. Um, and you know, doing my thing, staying at nice hotels. They were like upgrading me to first class every single time. Cause once you gain enough mileage, you know, you're just right. boom. Um, but I realized that, you know, yes, I'm doing this cause I need to, but I've, I love music and that's what I want to do. So it took me quite a long time for me to eventually transition into a, a place where I can do music full time. And what happened was fast forward to earlier this year, um, like, three weeks before releasing all out, I was still working a day job. And a lot of people didn't know, like people yeah. in the industry, like people didn't know because, you know, I'm not like, I'm doing music and that's my main thing. So I'm not going to go around and be like, Hey guys, this is my day job. Right. Um, but basically three weeks before releasing all out, um, you know, I was already like just vibing with this whole idea. Right. It, it's mm-hmm. been like an idea in development of wanting to go all out hundred percent and just like throwing myself into the unknown and just trusting. And, you know, I, I do talk about, you know, going all out, jumping into the unknown, giving everything to ourselves and our dreams to pursue. But I realized during like the whole reflection process of creating all out, I'm like, you know what, I am owning that hundred percent, you know, for myself, but not fully you know, and there's certain aspects of me. And I thought, you know, I think the big part is the fact that I was still hanging on to this high paying, you know, ultra six figure paying job that had great, you know, seemingly great benefits. And I know that if it was, you know, like I have friends who are still killing it in consulting and business and to them, like they love it. That's what they want to do for me, you know, my path is different, right? Yeah. So anyway, so three weeks before releasing all out, 
um, I basically had a situation where my project ended. And I remember I had literally for like 10 minutes, I was like, oh, like, do I need to go like secure another situation? But I'm like, you know what? This feels different. This feels different. I feel like I'm at a different place mentally, emotionally. And I just trust the process and the universe more. Just energetically right. was ready. Um, so I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do this. I'm just gonna go for it and just focus on music and and dropping the song and literally uh drop the music three weeks later, and then it got debuted on K-Rock. So and then everything just started snowballing and and getting the momentum. So I know that was a long answer to your question, but I think All Out just kind of from the beginning phase of creating All Out to releasing it and living it, it just kind of started this new era for me. <laughs> yeah, no, and I, I'm glad you told that story because I think a lot of people will hear it and start to understand some of that where, you know, there are a lot of artists that have the day job that nobody knows yes. about. Um yeah. It's the the necessary evil, but I do think it's interesting that you you make that comment and say, you know, like at some point you you had this, it's like the the comfort zone, right? Like it's a great paying job. It has obviously health and insurance and the whole nine yards. Like, so there's that safety net there, but at some point you're never going to be afraid to take that jump if that safety yeah. net's there. Absolutely. And yeah, it's it's I think it's an interesting thing cuz I've struggled with it over the years too where like you start to burn out in a job and it's like yeah. but, but I can't go find something else or I don't want to go find something else right. cuz I've got this or whatever and then once that that shift happens voluntarily or not like like you said that first 10 minutes, hour, few days, whatever it is, Day, is like, few months, yeah, yeah, is the, oh shit, like, what do I do? Yeah. But then almost every single time, whatever the next thing is, has been better than the previous thing. Absolutely. That's, yeah, definitely. And then, you know, it's, it's obviously we have to be responsible. We have to be prepared right. you know, to be like, okay, you know, I'm going to move on now. Um, and the thing is, I struggled with this whole idea, like you said, you know, as many of us creatives, it's like, I think everyone, right? We want, we're grown, we're taught growing up that our passions supposed to become our like resource maker, mm -hmm. basically. And then it's like, it's like, if it doesn't, then you need to, you know, like you, you need to just jump and like at the worst times. And then you see like a lot of artists, like I actually went through that where you know, when I first left the consulting job the first time, you know, back in 2016, I was like, I'm going to leave. I'm going to live the artist's life because I had this like perception of what a, what an artist should be, which is like, mm -hmm. you're starving. You're supposed to work and all this. And the thing is like some people, you know, they like, it's okay. Like you, you go find what helps you live, you know, right. like what gives you the, the food and the resources. That's okay. But for me, I was like, I'm just going to leave this job, you know, and then just yeah. work like a daycare. And I did. And I, <laughs> I wanted to live that life. And for me, I realized that it wasn't really helping me with like building yeah. things like that. And I realized I'm like, you know what? You know, I don't have to follow the perception of, you know, the, the old archaic perception of what an artist should be. I think what we should also teach like younger generations that want to go after art and stuff. It's like, Hey, you don't have to feel like your passion needs to equal to money right away. In fact, we're human. We have many talents and who's to say that if you're able to have a day job and you're good at certain things other than music or art, maybe that's just another talent that you can use. Right. So just seeing it that way really helped me shift the perspective and yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, and I, I do. I think it's interesting too, especially in America. Um, it's still very much the archaic thought process of if you don't go to college, you won't succeed. If you don't go to this route, you're not going to get there. And it's like, mm -hmm. so like, you know, we are taught growing up, take your passion and, and turn it into something that makes you money. Yeah. But the people that tell us that have the assumption that our passion is like 
math or engineering or whatever. And it's like, okay, but what about us creatives? Like, I love photography. How do I do that? And they're like, well, we don't know. That's not a thing. So at some point to your, your point, like having something that supplements you for a while is totally fair, safe, and great, but don't, don't let it supplement you into not loving your passion anymore. Absolutely. And also I find that like, if you're in a survival mode, then you can't really focus on your art. So it's like, if it's okay to have a day job, it's okay for us to have separate gigs that help supplement and help us live. So then we can have that mental capacity to practice our art to do our, do our creative stuff. So, um, I've actually been doing that, like, um, aside, like I have like a, I like with, (laughs) with this side of, um, I have a certain, like a different, um, other than like playing live and, you know, releasing Mm -hmm. music and doing the music thing. Um, I also do a lot of advocacy work, um, because I've published a book called the cupcake theory, uh, in the past. And I still get, you know, I, I like to go to schools, like different schools right. and organizations and do like, I call it motivational concert, motivational storytelling, where I talk to the students and share some songs and talk about, you know, issues and things that they think about, you know, while yeah. they're in school and as teenagers and things like that. Um, and I like to kind of bring that up and say, Hey, you know, like, Cause a lot of them like, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know. I, I need to go to college. I know I'm studying and I'm being told I need to take all these AP classes, but like, I'm still trying to figure it out. And I'm kind of that, like, <laughs> I'm yeah. kind of that process that comes in and I look at the teachers. I'm like, okay, let me share with you my thought. And I was like, you don't need to have all the answers right now. You can just do you like be hundred percent in what you are and where you're experiencing right now. And you know, eventually as you just continue to dig and do what you love and focus on your present and it's, it's going to come and, you know, you won't end up like a lot of millennials, right? Just going to college for the fuck of it. <laughs> hey, I, I fall in that category. I've got an associate's degree that I've not used since I got it. Like legitimately, I got the piece of paper. It's in computer applications and programming. I was going to wow. continue school and, and yeah. do all that. And I had some life changes happen while I was getting the associates part. Mm-hmm. I finished that and I was like, fuck this. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't love this. I don't, you know what I mean? Like it just, I was going down the traditional route and it just wasn't for me. Um, and I think it's, it's slowly that narrative is shifting. I think there are more people now saying like, again, don't, don't say fuck off to school entirely. Like you should have mm-hmm. something you can fall back on. But like, if your passion, you mentioned cupcakes, if your passion is baking, then fucking figure out how to be a baker. Like, go do I hate that baking, thing. By the way, I hate baking. But, okay, but, but yes, we'll the mention cupcakes. cupcakes. Yes, yes. Yeah. No, 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 no. That's a, that's, a no, that's a great point. I just needed to slide that in there. I'm like, <laughs> right. I, I really suck at baking. But, um, <laughs> but yeah. yes, I, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Talk a little bit about the music video for for All Out as well, since we've went on this long tangent about really empowering yourself and whatnot. The video kind of does exactly that as well, like follows you through that kind of metamorphosis. Yeah, definitely. So um, so All Out video, creating that video was very, very personal for me. Um, um, do you remember in the video, there's like different characters, different mm-hmm. versions of me. So there is the the superhero looking Azra. I called her yep. during our post, like pre-production, like the virtuous one. And then there is like the punk rock one, like the present day um, in that, in that, uh, in the film, right. In the music right. video. Um, and then there is this scary looking messed up, <laughs> kind of distraught <laughs> girl. Um, I called her like the ring, but she's not the ring. She's actually the, like another a side of me that needed to express herself. So um, all out video, basically, I, I actually want to hear your interpretation though. Like, what do you, what do you think the video was saying? I think it was kind of a, a retrospective, obviously like looking back across life and, and recognizing that all these like chapters build to tell a, a story and like 
every to me every chapter of your life isn't meant to be perfect or isn't meant to be the final note in the book you know and i think it's it's an interesting concept when people I heard it years ago talking to a mental health advocate um, from to write love on our arms. Mm -hmm. They were talking about switching the narrative. When, when you talk about telling your story, like think about your life in chapters because you've never read a book that just randomly ends. There's always a a build up a uh, you know, a conflict, whatever. And so for, you know, people that are, feeling suicidal and things like that. Like no book ever just ends. Right. You have to carry on your story. So I think for your music video, it's kind of similar in that where like, you know, the the teenage emo one or whatever is, you know, this chapter of my story. And these are the things I was able to carry forward from it that are positive influences or whatever to create this current version of me. Yeah. Hell yeah. I love that interpretation. I mean, that's it. I'm just yeah. <laughs> I always say like my music or whatever I put out isn't complete until it reaches someone and then they take their own interpretation and then make it. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Um, So yeah, definitely different dimension, different like spectrums of that basically. Um, So basically all out the music video, I'm so growing up, I always had this image of um, like this little girl inside Mm -hmm. of me and whenever I was like super happy and I was like in bliss mode, I would imagine and and hear like this little, see and hear this little girl who's like maybe like four years old with like long hair, black hair. And she's just like, (laughs) you know, when, when like little kids, they, when they're super happy, they almost look like they're kind of losing their minds and (laughs) they're laughing. (laughs) And I would have that image and vision. And then whenever I wasn't happy or I was not being true to myself or you know I wasn't I wasn't happy I would imagine and see this the same girl in the corner in the darkness and just kind of with her head down just staring at me with like tears in her eyes and just like very resentful like like almost like why you know what I mean just like looking at me and I always had that and fast forward to like you know uh when I was trying to figure out you know who I am as an artist and like my name and everything. Um, I realized that because going back to like my name, Azra, it kind of ties in with the story of how I came up with my stage name, Azra, which is also my middle name, by the way, legally. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But before it wasn't. And (laughs) basically when I was trying to figure it out, um, I thought about the girls and the girl in my visions. And then I was like, oh, And then I thought this name Azra that always popped up in my head, even when I was in Korea, before I knew English, I thought I was supposed to name my future daughter Azra. And I was like, oh, this name is cool. But then when I was in that studio, I realized actually that Azra is not my future daughter. It's actually that little girl inside of me who wanted to be heard and who needed to basically express herself, who I've kind of had to, you know, kind of put down a little bit over the years especially moving from korea to america like the transition was it's huge you know for yeah kids to move to a different you know leave their comfort zone and leave to a different country um anyway so you know going back to the video it's basically telling that story of the creepy girl in the video it's like the vision of the girl i had but an older version obviously um because i was in it um and it's basically her like the punk girl Azra is having this like conflict between feeling all this resentment feeling and feeling dark and and negative about certain things um and then there's the other side the the version of me that I want to strive to become more of and you know I'm like having this confusion which was basically what I was going through before writing all out um and then and then in the end as you know like she kind of turns her off Um, And that turning off the unplugging, that's kind of a symbolism of like, it's a metaphor of me not totally blocking it out, but more embracing it and being like, hey, what? Yeah, that's also part of me too, but I'm going to this time address it and, and, and embrace those vulnerabilities and those feelings that I've been kind of putting down. Yeah. 
That makes yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah, it does. I, I think that's awesome. And I think, you know, the addressing it and like kind of kind of owning it is an important step in anybody's mental health journey, especially, um, you know, repressing memories, compartmentalizing, like in the moment feels safe. Mm-hmm. It's the easy way to deal with stuff. Yeah. The problem is that monster gets bigger and bigger because you're feeding it all the time by just storing more stuff off to the side. So I think it's really cool that you acknowledge that and like turn to address it and kind of say like, okay, that exists, but it doesn't have to control. Mm -hmm. And that's the key factor. 100%. Yes. Awesome. Um, So you've, you know, dropped the new song, you've got a ton of stuff in the works. What are you allowed to talk about without getting in trouble uh, for kind of the end of the year into 2024? Yes. Um, no trouble. Who's going to get <laughs> me in trouble? <laughs> we can talk I don't know. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes PR gets crazy about stuff. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. My PR is cool, but... Yeah, they are. Um, so, yeah, I mean, basically, I I haven't... I don't know when this is going out. Uh, this will be going up. Let me pull up the calendar here. Um, this will be going up the 15th. So in like two weeks. Okay. Then you know what? Let me share it. Who who cares? (laughs) What the fuck? Okay. So I am planning to release a new single. Um, so which is kind of a continuation of, you know, the Chronicles of Substance Pop colon the Rebellion EP. So we're continuing to dig into this this rebellion mode um but i'm releasing another single because i feel like i was actually thinking about either waiting until the new year to release because i just released this ep tour um and there's so much more to share about the ep the story and just you know and people who are listening and who like the ep they're also sharing their story so i don't want to cut that off and we're not um but this upcoming single is going to be like an addition to the new stuff yeah. 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 I love that you call it the the rebellion era or whatever because like it is rebellious but it's really about the empowerment side of what a rebellion is. Like it's not go out and fuck all the rules and whatever. It's go out and like the like you said earlier be unapologetically yourself. Like yes you're going to break some rules or some, you know, concepts that people have about you which is the rebellion, but it's really about growing yourself and empowering yourself to be the person that others look to. Yeah, hundred percent. And that's spot on. Like the entire EP, um, there's five songs there and it kind of takes us into a journey. So like the first song is called the sixth dimension. And I wanted to kind of introduce for those people who don't know what the sixth dimension is, introduce (laughs) this world of no inhibitions and letting go and being yourself and just feeling free to go after what you want. Um, So that's kind of like the intro thing. And then now it begins the rebellion, the unraveling process of (laughs) our emotions and our history. And there's so much more us, I feel like, us humans have to unravel, right? Because like yeah. we were born all like 100% and, you know, pure. And then over the years, we just pack on all these ideas. And then we spend like the rest half of our lives trying to, un, you know, undo all that to get to that baby state. Um, so then after the first song, we go into All Out. And All Out, like we talked about, it's like, hey, it's okay to be reckless. It's okay to go all out. Let's just give 100% of us. And then we won't have regrets. Um, and then the next song is called I Wish You Cry. And that song, um, it's all about embracing your vulnerabilities and breaking down and, and letting your tears fall when you want to. Like, why do we have to hold back? You know, we were always told like, oh, crying is, you know, showing weakness. But now it's different, right? It's like you yeah. want to cry. That is courage. So that song encourages that. And that kind of takes you into this world of like feeling and vulnerabilities and breaking down. Um, and then the next song is uh, Bring Me the Crown. So it's like vulnerability breaking down. And then it's like, oh, my eyes are clearer after releasing some tears. And now I'm going to, you know what? Like, I'm going to look for my personal power. And I'm going to eventually claim that crown that's in all of us. 
That's yeah. what that song is. And then it takes you into another song called Soul Ties. It's a whole story. Yeah. Um, Soul Ties and that song is um, community. It's about seeing the people around you who care for you, who support you and who you support and just surrounding ourselves with people that lift each other up basically and finding your roots um, and all that stuff. So yeah, so that's kind of like you said, you know, the rebellion isn't just about, hey, go, you know, go burn things and go crazy. It's not, it's, it's really um, going deeper within ourselves and, and really trying to work through our emotions um, and then getting to the place where we can be hundred percent authentic, where we can go after our dreams and, and just be unapologetic about things. Like, why are we so nervous about things? You know, like, like, why do we have to ask for permission in life? Yeah. No, you just gotta like, respect others respect yourself and you know everything else you do yeah. so yeah so the next single is just a continuation of that yeah awesome um i think it's it's interesting too you may make mention of like the the kind of why do we have to ask permission when it comes to like expressing ourselves and showing vulnerability and stuff and it's you know especially as a male the toxic masculinity that that i grew up with of like you don't cry. You don't talk about your feelings. You don't do these things. And it's like, but, but why? Like at the end of the right. day, aren't we all just fucking people? Aren't we right. all just trying yeah. to, to survive? So I mean, yeah, that's... You, boys, you boys were babies too. You know, yeah. when you were born, you, you cry. Yeah. <laughs> so why, why were, why was, why were like men told to not cry like that, that, that probably added to the angst and the resentment, which probably led to toxic masculinity. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, absolutely agree. Um, so kind of as we, we transition to the end here, I refuse to sit and think of ending questions. So I bought this game called Hot Takes oh. and it's just weird opinion or not weird, but just opinions and you agree, disagree, whatever. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to ask you a couple of them. Uh, the first one is that baths are better than showers. Do I just say agree or disagree? Yeah, or you can Whatever. expand on it if you want. Yeah. I mean, that depends. Yeah. Like, I like showers, but I love baths when I feel it. Right. <laughs> yeah. My baths have to be like 100% like all out. I can't just like take a bath and then like, like a shower and come out. Like if I'm doing a bath, I need my candles. I need my like swirling jacuzzi. And right. I need my aromatherapy, the salt, the face mask, the wine, the music, everything. Yeah. If not, shower is better. Right. I, I think to me, the, the caveat is if we're talking about like for relaxation, it's baths. If we're talking about trying to clean yourself, it's showers 100%. Like you're yeah. not sitting in a bathtub trying to clean yourself. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> and it's very important actually to shower before you go into your bathtub. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yep. Yes. Uh, the next one is that ghosts are real. hundred percent. Yeah. Like I said earlier, you can't destroy energy. No, actually, this is crazy that you asked me that question that you pulled this card because <laughs> yesterday was Halloween mm -hmm. and I'm in Boston and, um, I heard, you know, the Salem city, yep. city yep. of Massachusetts called Salem. Um, I still haven't visited there, but I'm like, I'm going to, before I leave this on this trip, um, but yeah, and then this morning, so yesterday was Halloween. So I heard Salem was like crazy last night. Yeah. Um, and this morning when I was driving, um, one of, with my one of my family members, he was just like talking about like ghosts. And I was like, oh, and then I thought about Casper. You know, Casper, the friendly yeah. ghost, classic. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, you know, what if like Casper was created by, I don't know, I don't know the history or background. So right. I was like, it was created by someone who really believed in ghosts and they wanted to kind of shift the narrative of the ghosts you yeah. know they created casper the friendly ghost yeah absolutely could <laughs> I be I, I i no, i i think oh, you know no. for for a long time that was the narrative right like ghosts are scary they're bad they're evil whatever but like why like who says that you know like again if it's just energy that can't be destroyed scientifically we've proven energy cannot be destroyed so like to me 
yes, ghosts are real. And like, you're going to have some maybe that are mm-hmm. bad or yeah. resentful or whatever, but you're going to have just as many that are benevolent and like trying to help you and guide you or whatever. Um, you know, I, some people will call it like divine intervention or whatever, but I, I do think, you know, like maybe the reason that you stopped to tie your shoe is because a ghost untied it so that you didn't get hit by a car or whatever. Like, yeah, it's just crazy stuff like that. That could be. I'm all about that stuff. I can talk about these things like forever. (laughs) And what's crazy is growing up, I was so scared of like scary movies, dark places. But now I'm like, oh, yes, I definitely feel the vibe. (laughs) And another thing is like dimensions. You know, um, Mm -hmm. I, I was reading, um, I was listening to like a podcast and it was about like metaphysics and quantum physics. I'm such a nerd about like things (laughs) like that energy, you know, um, and this scientist or this person, this metaphysics person was talking about how the, we're us as humans, we're three-dimensional beings. Mm -hmm. So if we're a three-dimensional being person, a creature being, we can only see 3d, 2d and 1d. So anything below that. Right. Um, but there's multiple dimensions. Like if you look, think about dogs, dogs can hear sounds that we can't. And there's mm-hmm. birds, there's other creatures in the world that can identify things and hear things in different ways than humans. So who's to know? Maybe ghosts are just like spirits that exist in a different dimension that we just can't see. Yeah. Well, and like <laughs> this, this will be a conversation for another time for us because I think we could definitely get in this, but. I had a a near death experience a couple of years ago. And like, I had one of the out of body experiences. I saw myself laying on a hospital table in the whole nine yards and like described it to one of my nurses. And she's like, there's no way you would know that. And so like, I have, yes, I, yeah, yeah. It's super crazy. Um, But yeah, like I've, I full, I believed it before, but obviously after that, it's just been more prevalent in my mind that like, we are, our souls, our energy, whatever is way more powerful than we can even begin to comprehend. 100%. Yeah. 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 This is another conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The last one I'm going to go with is the music that I listen to affects my mood. Music that I affect, uh, listen to affects my mood. Hell yeah. I mean, I'm a musician. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, definitely. Well, I think, you know, to your point earlier, when you made the the connection of like putting on your headphones and walking around, listening to sad songs, whatever, like I've been told all throughout my life, you know, I'll listen to, to sad music when I'm sad or, you know, angry music, whatever. And I've had family and friends that are like, I don't get how you can listen to that stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. because while it maybe makes you sad to hear that content, it makes me not feel alone. It makes me feel better because somebody else has gone through it. absolutely that's yeah same same thing for me and another thing that I do is I like to listen to like sad music when I'm not sad Mm -hmm. I feel like when when you listen to sad music and first of all like what's the definition of sad music really you know what I mean like is it the melody is it the lyrics yeah I mean it could be all but (laughs) sometimes I listen to music sad music um and and it's very like it helps you. I don't know. I think it helps you. It like helps you with your creative mind too. Mm-hmm. You listen to something that, you know, might be categorized as sad or has that overall vibe, but then you're feeling good. It gives you a different perspective. So um, finding, yeah. Uh, yeah. For me, it's like happy music doesn't necessarily make me happy. Sometimes right. I get annoyed or like I get sad sometimes, you know, I'm like, why is this thing so uppity right now? I don't want to listen to that. But, yeah. you know, it's yeah. So I think it varies. Again, going back to frequency and energy, it's like wherever you're you're vibrating at at that moment, maybe like matches with something that is sad. But what if like when that artist was recording that song, she was actually in a different mood? I don't know. It's all. Right. It's no, all yeah. I, I fully. Sure. <laughs> I fully agree with you. And I think, you know, yeah. the last thing we'll say on the this before we transition to the end um, is, you know, we go back and forth with that vibration thing. I've got friends that just cannot get into like EDM and, and dubstep and stuff like that. And I'm like, why? And they're like, there are no words in most of it or whatever. And I'm like, right, because it's music. 
Mm-hmm. Like music doesn't have to have words. Beethoven did not write any fucking words to 100%. anything he ever composed. Yes, yes. 100% agree with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's nuts. Um, so basically to end, I, I do the same. we don't have endings in life. I thought everything. We, we don't. To end this episode, to, to okay, put it. a pause or a comma here. Uh, <laughs> so fucking with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, basically, the, the end of the episode is the traditional outro, right? I give you the floor. Promote whatever you want to promote. Where can people find you online? I'll link all the socials and everything, obviously. But kind of what's the best way to interact with you? Sure. Well, thank you so much again, Josh, for having me here and and sharing our chat with your audience and everyone. Um, So yeah, my music is on all the music platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, you know, type in Azra, you'll find things. Um, and, and follow me on socials. I have a, I have a, an exclusive like mailing list called the six dimension mailing list that, um, people can sign up for. And that's like a secret way, not secret, but you know, like a covert fun way for me to just type away and, you know, you know, record away and share it exclusively with my, um, you know, six dimension audience. And I also have a discord channel, discord server called the six dimension, um, where you can join and just join our community. You know, we don't just talk about my music. We actually talk about just like mental health and just things that interest all of us, you know, so yeah, come over. Um, yeah. And then coming up again, my new single is dropping on November 17th. So two days from now, right. Yep. And uh, yeah, it's called Outrageous. So um, come check it out. And uh, I'll definitely be dropping a lot more music next year. And hopefully I can see everybody on tour um, in your cities next year. So stay tuned. Um, I put all my updates and things like that on social media. So awesome. I appreciate it so much. This has been a great chat. I'm sure we're going to have more, um, <laughs> especially if we're going to go down that ghost path and talk about all that fun stuff i'll have i'll have a glass of like bourbon or something next time (laughs) all good um but yeah i'll keep you posted like i said this will go live on the 15th and i'm excited to see where things go because i i do i think again your music is really really digestible but not in the way of like there's no substance it's digestible you've done a great job at making it vibrate at the right frequency as we've said (laughs) For people to resonate with it and then absorb the depth of lyrics and just kind of the overarching message. And I think it's a really cool space that you're in. I appreciate that. Thank you, Josh. Yeah, not a problem. Thank you so much. And we'll be in touch soon. Okay. Sounds good. Stay warm. Okay. I'll try. (laughs) Thank you. Bye. See ya. And that was my conversation with Azra. Huge shout out to her for having that talk with me. So much fun. A lot of laughs. Uh, just a great time. Great energy. Great vibe. And um, yeah, you guys need to go check out her music. Um, it is out everywhere that you stream. It is, as we said at the beginning, this really cool fusion of you know some pop elements. But there's little bits of aspects of like k-pop in there or nods to pop punk and metal and things like that and it's just this really really cool um soundscape that she's creating and and the lyrics and everything is a really uh affirming and impactful and empowering um body of work that i think you know a lot of people are going to resonate with And, you know, hopefully it brings everyone together uh, that listens to it to create a community that, you know, wants to um, be better and just be unapologetically themselves and in everything that they do. So, um, again, huge shout out to Azra. As always, we'll have the links to all the socials and everything in the description of this podcast. Uh, also, as of this podcast going live, she has a new song coming out called Outrageous. That song will be dropping on the 17th of November. So in just a couple days after this going live, you'll be able to check out her new song. So 
If you're listening to this podcast before hearing the song, go fucking pre-save it. If you're hearing this after you've listened to the song already, just drop a comment and tag her and tell her how dope the song is. Um, but yeah, it it was... It's a really good project that she's got going on. I'm, I'm a real big fan. Uh, really excited to see where everything goes for her. So uh, that's it for this episode. If you guys could give, you know, the like, share, subscribe, follow to her. Um, and obviously to our podcast. Uh, lots of new conversations coming up. Really cool stuff that I'm working on. Um, trying to line up more and more guests for you guys and, you know, kind of a wide variety of of genres or sound spaces. So um, be sure that you're subscribed wherever you subscribe to music uh, or podcasts and be sure that you like the Instagram and Facebook. That's where we're most active. So um, that's it, guys. Remember, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other, and you make the scene.